Fika with Anika. The word fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini-meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So, brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. Crayfish parties are one of the highlights of the Swedish calendar. Every August, Swedes go crazy putting on silly hats, lighting moon-shaped paper lanterns, eating lots of freshwater crayfish, drinking beer and schnapps, and singing increasingly silly songs. A crayfish party called Kreft Shriva is a big event enjoyed by people of all ages. It should be held outside under the light of paper lanterns, but often rain or pesky mosquitoes lead people to abandon the idyllic setting for indoor comfort. Up until 1994, it was forbidden to fish for crayfish until the first Wednesday in August, whereupon lots of Swedes would celebrate the crayfish premiere by throwing a party. Since these days, most crayfish are imported from Turkey or China, the law has been abolished, but many people still celebrate on this date, although there are many Swedes who hold crayfish parties from the 1st of August onwards or even earlier. Oh, and it's the only Swedish festival that doesn't involve herring. Freshwater crayfish were once common in Swedish lakes and streams and were eaten all year round. At the beginning of the 1900s, a crayfish plague struck, virtually wiping out crayfish. As a result, there are very few Swedish crayfish left, and so most Swedes buy frozen, ready-cooked, imported crayfish. Those that are lucky to have access to a stream or lake will go out at nightfall in a rowboat with wire traps baited with rotten fish or meat. Shining a flashlight into the water also attracts the crayfish and lures them into the traps. You need a lot of crayfish for a good party. Swedes will normally allow about a half a kilo or about a pound per person. Many Swedes serve a mixture of crayfish and prawns, shrimps, or langoustines in their shells, especially if they're serving Swedish crayfish. This is because the Swedish crayfish are so expensive if bought, and those who go fishing for their own crayfish find it difficult to catch enough for a big party. In the 1500, excuse me, in the 1500s, only the nobility in Sweden would eat crayfish, but this began to change by the 1800s. It was in the 1920s that the crayfish parties started to take their current form with conical paper hats, moon-shaped paper lanterns, special paper plates, bibs, and schnapps songs began to appear and are now considered absolutely essential. The tradition of wearing silly hats arose because originally eating crayfish was something only done by the upper classes. When the middle class in Sweden started to copy them and have crayfish parties, they took to wearing silly hats to poke fun at the upper class in their posh hats. The crayfish are usually cooked in a broth that includes beer, dill crowns, the flower heads of the dill plant, and spices. They are left in the broth overnight to cool, and then drained and served cold, garnished with dill crowns. 
There is not a lot of eating in a crayfish, even allowing a generous half kilogram or one pound per person. Given the large quantities of snuffs that accompany the meal, it's important to fill up on something else, so cheese is normally the answer. Traditionally, Swedes serve the crayfish with Vestibotensost, a type of cheese, and Knäckebröd, a, a dry crisp bread. The main course is normally followed by lots of fresh strawberries or a strawberry-based dessert. By that stage in the meal, the amount of alcohol consumed is likely to mean that anything too fancy won't really be appreciated, so keep it simple. The traditional accompaniment is snuffs and beer, not wine. Snuffs should be served in special long stem glasses, but shop gla uh, shot glasses are fine. A favorite snuffs is skorna akvabit. It is mild, smooth, and well-balanced, being flavored with caraway and hints of fennel and anise seed. It is produced in Skåne in southern Sweden, where absolute vodka is also produced. An alternative, if you prefer a stronger-flavored snuffs, is O.P. Andersen, a Danish variety. Every glass of snuffs is preceded by toasting your fellow guests, looking everyone in the eye, and then saying skål, or cheers, before downing the snuffs in one fell swoop. Every drink is preceded by a song, which usually gets sillier as the night proceeds. All Swedes know the words for dozens of drinking songs by heart, but songbooks are normally included with the party accessories. It is at a crayfish party that you get an insight into Swedes' very strange relationship with alcohol. So, with that said, please pour yourself a fine cup of coffee or enjoy your favorite beverage. Pull up your best easy chair and join me and my guest for a little bit of fika. All right. Well, so here we are. It's another Wednesday and it's fika with Anika. Thank you everyone for tuning in to uh, KOYT Radio. I'm sitting here with uh, Mark Houston, a... Um, uh, notorious, I guess is the word for it, uh, musician here in the Anza area. Um, when you think of uh, live bands, uh, we think of Mark Houston and the and the working men. Um, and I'm really happy to have you here in the studio. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Sure. So one of the questions I always ask my guests is, uh, so why Anza? What is it that brings you to Anza when there's so many places in the world for a musician to live in? Well, our, our uh, family friends bought property out here in the early 60s, and, and uh, by the time I was five years old and 70-something, uh, they started letting me go out to the ranch, and that was uh, in Awanga, and it was the Shamrock Valley Ranch, and one of my favorite places to be of all time. So anyway, that got me introduced to the area, and we'd go up to Anza for Jim Canis and watch them ride, and... and uh, Moving on years later, uh, still still loving the place and visiting Stagecoach Inn, I um, had a chance to re-meet uh, an old flame, and and uh, that was 12 years ago or something like that, and now we're engaged to be married and and live across the street from the Jim Canna. So wow! Uh, so 12 years. Small world. <laughs> now I understand that there's actually that there was quite a gap in between. Uh, Oh, your your future wife? There's uh, some kind of a story there. 
Yes. Uh, we had dated uh, when I was in the Air Force um, in, in San Bernardino and had lived together even for a short time. Don't tell my mother. And, uh, and, and, and so, yeah, it was, it was 20 some odd years between uh, meetings. Yep. So you move really quickly, don't you? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and so uh, you said that you would come up here and visit on the summers and so on. So what was your home base then? Uh, I grew up in the city of Orange in Orange County. Oh, so that was quite a haul. So An hour, hour or so away, you know, back, right. back in, the, in the days with less traffic. Right. Um, I don't know too much about you, Mark, other than, you know, that you, you're a musician. Uh, so let's just uh, talk about that for a while until until uh, we get warmed up and I get to know you a little bit better. Um, uh, I understand that um, you have your current band. Have you been in other bands before? And are you a solo artist or or what? What's the well? What's no. the background here? Well, the uh, the working men started um, out of uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Bob Miller, who's our, our drummer. Uh, one day he came to me and said, let's start a band. And I, I said, okay. Well, previously, I had, um, I don't know, six months to a year before that, had been uh, introduced to a, a band in, um, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, it was off the 91 and, and uh, like 57 freeways around that area. Anyway. Bulletin area. Yeah, kind of like that. And, and so... Um, I, uh, these guys let me get up and sing with the band, and it was one of my first experiences with live, live music. Uh, and how um, old are you at this point? Oh, uh, boy, that was, that was probably 14 years ago, some, somewhere along there, and I'm 50, just turned 53. Okay, so, all right. And uh, so, uh, yeah, and I, would, yeah, I was living in Temecula at one point. I had moved from there and was living in Temecula and driving from Temecula to uh, Anaheim. Uh, every Friday and Saturday night to sing with this band and, and eventually they were letting me sing a whole set and then um, it was great you know, when when Bob asked me to um, start a band uh, I asked one of the guitar players uh, my friend Rocky to to uh, join the group and he said sure thing and and Bob knew a bass player and within two months of, of that conversation we were um, playing and, and making making a few mo dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Who came up with the name for the band? Well, that was me. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. a catchy name and it seems to work and it's been sticking. Yeah, I like it. We had a couple uh, uh, short short term uh, names uh, at one point, but uh, I came up with this one and, and it's uh, essentially a, a kind of a tribute to Merle Haggard. He did a song called The Working Man Blues. Oh. Oh, and, and also, I, um, it's working men without the G. Right. Yeah, it, it, I realized that uh, when I was searching you on the internet that, huh. uh, that that's... Uh, it can make a to difference. Not, to not have the G in it there right. if you want to find out more about Mark. Um, so what was your biggest influence when it came to music? Well, I, I really like all kinds of music. Um, initially, when I was... You know, growing up, I, I don't know, when a lot of kids were listening to heavy metal and such, I seemed to uh, borrow my mom and dad's music, uh, John Denver and, and um, Don McLean and Neil Diamond. Those are probably three of my favorites. Um, 
slightly growing out of some of that stuff, I was listening to the police and and a wide variety of others. I, I love everything from Nat King Cole, um, you know, to, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I'll listen to anything just about. Wow. So there's, we can't just put you in a certain niche and say that you're a, a, a rock or country or... Um, or how, how do you define yourself? Well, as far as the band goes, I you know we do primarily classic country. Um, I really don't care a whole lot for for most of the the newer country stuff that's out, um, and to each his own. And uh, so we we mix it up a little bit with our group and and do some classic rock and and a few others, but mostly classic country. And but as far as my personal tastes, um, I. You know, I love to you know listen to a, a lot of different you know genres and, and styles of music. Um, when I do my uh, solo uh, guitar stuff, uh, I I play good enough to sing too, and and uh, and I I do a lot of ballads. Uh, most people will say, play something fast. Oh. And I was like, well, that's not kind of what I do so much, <laughs> but I'll bust out a few <coughs> excuse me a few faster songs and and uh, try to make them happy. Well, I, I'm a, a wordsmith. I enjoy hearing uh, when the words come out, so I'm sure I would enjoy your ballads. Um, so, as a young kid, were you, you know, were you singing? Were you playing? What happened? Well, Mom had me in choir at church, and and uh, I grew up in the Methodist Church in Orange, and and uh, so I, I sang in the church for for many years, and and. Uh, in in junior high, I I took up the trombone and played that and did fairly well and and then it was back to singing again in in high school where my choir teacher uh, Mike Short was uh, one of the biggest influences and kind of uh, I don't know motivator. I was a little bit shy and such, and he had the faith in, in me to um, you know, I didn't even have to try out for the the school plays or the uh, the musicals. He didn't give me the lead role, but I, I didn't have to try out for one of the supporting roles, and um, that was that was kind of a neat neat feeling, and I um, am still acquainted with him today as he uh, became the, the the choir director for our our church, and uh, I believe is is still still there as as the choir director. So that's pretty neat. So uh, you were mentioning earlier th- uh, before we uh, started the interview that. Uh, that Mike Short uh, was a new music teacher, and uh, that you gave him some grief, and uh, <laughs> maybe no. you want to expand on that no. story. No, so no. this poor guy left school and had to go to to church to get get rid of you, I guess. No, I think he was a, a fairly new teacher. Um, one of his first, I think, class assignments, and and uh, if not the first, and and some of the kids gave him a hard time, and and uh, no, I felt I felt bad for him. I've always always liked him. But he did, you know, he carried through though. He did a great job, and like I said, he's, I think he's still teaching at Orange High School and still the choir director at, at our church. So, great guy. Okay. All right. Uh, besides him, though, uh, other uh, influences uh, when you listen to the radio, um, uh, uh, I guess I'm not really sure where I'm going with this question, but, uh, you know, uh, do you lean more towards 
uh, classic rock then, or the or the country, or oh, I well, I like the classic country and you know some good, you know Waylon Jennings and and uh, we've just added it recently a couple of new Waylon Jennings tunes to our our repertoire, and uh, you know I I really don't listen to to music much in the car. I I'm happy with my my <laughs> my thoughts and 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 just with the the view driving down the road. Do you write your own music? I I have written a few things, um, and uh, most of which is is lost. And uh, how's that? And well, the things that I've I, I actually gave uh, the only copy to a friend, and um, and he misplaced it. And that was probably a song that that you know, in my opinion, oh yeah, that was a hit. But who knows? Who knows what would have happened uh, with that one? But uh, I can't quite remember how it went. I only remember bits and pieces of it. And the um, the uh, the best songs, I guess I'd say that I've written, I I never wrote. Um, many many opportunities that uh, the Lord has given me with with uh, lyrics and such. Uh, right before I go to bed, and I've been too too lazy to capitalize on His gift. So next time, keep a pad of paper next to you Amen. before you go to bed, right? There's probably some real good stuff out there. Yes. There's words floating around there. Um, what other hobbies do you have? There's, uh, I mean, I would assume that, uh, I know that you're a mechanic, and so you, you work during the day. You're a musician at night. Is there time to be anything else? Not, Not really. Not really. Um, I like being a grandpa, um, and, uh, you know, I just, no, there's really not a whole lot of time for, for anything else. No. If you had the, if you had the chance, what would you be doing? Oh, shoot. If I had the chance, I'd probably take my surfboards and get them wet this summer. And, and, uh, I do have, uh, one, one hobby that I'm, that I am currently working on. The uh, my my go karts. I've I've come across some vintage go karts and uh, have uh, uh, grown a, a big liking for the the older older ones. And I have run across a couple. And and uh, the goal is to really get get some more together for uh, my grandkids and, and set up a little track out back. So if I've got my eight grandkids, they can all go jump on something and go have some fun. Oh, how fun! So, you, are these just uh, uh, garage sales? Where are you finding I've, them? Yeah, I've kind of online, online and stuff, and I've met a couple people. And, and uh, the um, you know any any cool guy that that loves cars who's who's sixty years old or seventy years old may have had one in the past. So, those are the guys I target to talk to about <laughs> go cars. <laughs> are they in good enough condition, or do you have to recondition them? Or well, they need a little work, but. Um, you know, for the most part, the one of the ones I found is actually pretty rare, and and uh, is worth a lot more than I paid for it. But um, it's really not about that. You know, I, I'm hoping not to find actually any that more that good because if they're like that, I won't let the grandkids ride that one. Oh, and that's yeah, and that's your yeah, your not, purpose. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, you know, just happy getting some smaller ones and and. Well, you're a practical that. guy. You could build one from scratch. That's that's true. I can get a tube bender and and uh, watched uh, watched some videos on online about how to how to do it. But 
I don't know for the for the price of a, a frame and, and and some small parts and such. At this point, I'd rather just get a couple more. You know, it, it takes quite a bit to manufacture them, I and actually the probably the least expensive is the the money in the frame but the steering parts and all the other little tidbits of what and then there's a motor somewhere up. right those are actually not too okay. you know too bad you know you can spend three times what the motor costs in all the steering parts and all the other stuff sometimes oh really yeah all the wheels and yeah it's it can get expensive <laughs> so Pinka with Anika. You are listening to K-O-Y-T-L-P. And now into California. And you're a public radio station. Oh. Oh. Did you know kitties are cute? The Anza Crop Swap, here in the heart of Anza at Minor Park. Crop Swap will be held June 9th through October 6th on Sundays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Crop swapping is a fun way of exchanging extra homegrown, raised, or cooked food. Also welcome are the containers and accessories to produce them. Bring what you don't need and go home with what you do. You can find them on Facebook under Anza Crop Swap. Sundays until October at Minor Park from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. During a wildfire, firefighting resources are limited and firefighters must often make quick decisions on which homes they can work on defending. Implementing FireWise actions at your home will increase the chances that firefighters will be able to try and protect your property. Class A fire-rated roofing products offer the best protection. Examples include composite shingles, metal, concrete, and clay tiles. Inspect shingles or roof tiles and replace or repair those that are loose or missing to prevent ember penetration. Box in eaves but provide ventilation to prevent condensation and mildew. Roof and attic vents should also be screened to prevent ember entry. You are listening to K-O-Y-T-L-P, Anza, California. Welcome back to Pika with Anika. Oh, so are the, are the current musicians, tell me again who's in your band. That's, um, I've got Bob Miller as our drummer. Uh, Mr. Mark Hatterley is our guitar player, and we have uh, um, Randy Reams on bass. And they're and all local they're talent? All they're local, all local. Well, tenor. fairly local. Mark mm-hmm. lives in like Menifee, and and uh, Randy lives in, in uh, like Beaumont or something like that. I don't, okay. I don't quite know where, but well, um, fairly local. And Bob lives here in Anza. Okay. So are there any old members of your band that uh, have gone on, you know, and, and uh, to fame and fortune? No, nothing like that. Oh, there's no no good stories there. No, okay. no, not that I'm aware of anyway. No one who went out to play for Metallica of. or, or yeah, Judas Priest or no, something no. like that. Okay. All right. 
You know, I used oh. to uh, work at uh, the Troubadour in West Hollywood. I was a bartender there for seven years, so I got to see an awful lot of bands. Wow. And, yeah, and I saw some of the, you know, some with really good talent, and I saw other ones that, yeah, they're trying hard. <laughs> it's amazing. And, but, they, but they would recreate themselves often, too. I was there for seven years, so it was like, you know, you saw them, you know. Same guys in a different. Yeah, or changing or interchanging with other people and, you know, a different front man and, you know, whatever it is, that, you know, to trying to find that right mix of the one that's finally going to take hold. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. I've, I've seen some bands that, that um, yeah, they could, could have used some more something. And, uh it's amazing what what fans or not you know customers or in, in an establishment will will uh, let bands get away with it for live music I, I don't know what it is but anyhow well um, it seems like you've been doing this for a long time since you were like eight years old and started singing in the choir and and here you are and you're still at it and you know still in, hopefully enjoying every moment of it most and, uh, most and, every and moment, you, yeah. yeah, and, and I, I'm assuming you've got a, a fan club, you know. So th when people know you're you're going to play, that there they. We we've had we've had a few you know dedicated fans throughout the years and such. I think mostly that uh, wherever we play, most folks are going to you know enjoy what we do. So, uh, where what kind of venues do you play? Uh, right now, and and actually for the past several years uh, I, I've been really quite lazy on on bringing in new venues and and even um, you know looking for 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 anything else uh, we've played the stagecoach in in Awanga on the third Sunday of each month and uh, we are typically at the Moose Lodge in Escondido on the first Friday of the month and on the third Friday of the month um, oftentimes we are at Canyon Lake Country Club uh, in Canyon Lake, so um, with that and and uh, you know a, a private show, you know here and there, um, it keeps us fairly busy. And and uh, I don't know, I was I hit up so many bars quite a long time ago, but it really got a little disappointing with all the no's. And yeah, you only need that one yes, but you know it, it got to the point where I I just uh, I guess I'm resting on our laurels and and playing these. Uh, you know, a few few venues and and people ask me all the time. You know, why are you why are you here? <laughs> that is the the big question, for sure. Um, so, words of advice to someone who's listening here and and might be interested in becoming a musician or feels that they have a little bit of talent, but they're maybe afraid to pick up a trombone or or a guitar or something. Um, what kind of advice would you give to someone who who I don't know who needs to come out of their shell because you said you're you're shy. Right, right. And, uh, oh, it took me so long to get over my shyness when I was or, or nerves, you know, especially I wasn't so, so much shy, um, but uh, like nerves, um, you know, for many years I sang karaoke before the band and and loved to loved to sing and and um, you know people would say that's nice and such, but and, you know, and every every time I got up there, hundreds of times I'd get up there to sing and was you know very <laughs> nervous it i would shake and uh i'd get through it but you know i was it took me several years to to get past that point and um and thank god i am now it's not quite so bad 
Right. Well, it's probably not even a a, a confidence level. It's it's uh, just getting used to the exposure. And when you're 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 a shy person, and and having to stand in front of people is can be very difficult. So kudos it, to you. It can be. Thank you. That. And I say, you know, for for any you know the kids or whoever that you know wants to pick up a, an instrument or what have you, you know, either get some lessons or you know, like with a guitar, uh, all I've ever done is is learn a few chords and and find songs that I liked that were in the chords that I knew. And uh, and if you're not the chords you know, you can always put a capo on and transpose it or something like that and okay. make it easy. Make it easy on yourself. Learn a few things and then and then learn all, uh, some of the tougher stuff. Don't start with the hard stuff. Right. You know. Now, uh, you don't read music. Not not as such, you know, I I, can't, I couldn't sit down and and play you something with a sheet of music in front of me. I could I could like on a typewriter peck out and tell you what what notes those are on the on the page, but um, but yeah, I don't as a rule read music or play you know to with with sheet music. Okay. All right. Um, just on another note, then um, again back to hobbies and and living in Anza and or kind of fun. So let's just ask you a fun question. All right. So there's a, a fire in your house. What is the one item that you would take with you? Not including photographs and stuff like that, but it, there's a, is there like a tool or a frying pan that's your favorite? Or I mean, oh, you're just like, <laughs> like an inanimate object. Yeah. So what is the one thing that is like? Oh my God, I got to take that with me. Hmm. Boy, I, well, let, I, I let guess me, it would be my jewelry box. <laughs> that's a good one. For me, it would be my electric stapler. I was going to try to pick one <laughs> one ring, but uh, maybe um, I'll start. You know, now you got me worried. I'll put them all in my jewelry box. Oh, goodness, goodness. Because I, I didn't mean to stump you. I was just uh, trying to come up with a, an entertaining question. Mm. Yeah, like I said, my, for me, it would be my electric stapler. Just can't live without that thing. Right. So, um, okay. Uh, well, all right. Well, so and then, you know, I just wanted to say, too, as far as, you know, influences you asked me about, um, I do have to give a big thank you to Mr. Mr. John Canori and, and uh, you know he was a, a a good friend and and has given me a lot of advice through the years, and uh, you know our other good friend Mr. James Hillsman, uh, outstanding musician and vocalist, uh, and uh, anyhow and, and so many others you know in the area, um, I could go on and on. Beef and and Freddie's you know um, it's just uh, boy. Yeah, yeah, the list goes know, on. Yeah, I know there's, there's a and, lot. And yeah, there's a lot of talent here in this. Uh, oh yeah, Steve Silkoch and his group, and and right. you know there's there's so many guys around here that I just love hanging out with, and and uh, hopefully this summer uh, we can all get together and and uh, do some more jamming this summer. And do you ever do that? Do you guys go go to each other's garages and do like garage band type things? Well, or? there's not too or many folks in An- not too many folks in Anza that have garages, so yeah, or so, basements. Okay. So we just built uh, you know a twenty foot stage out out by our place. And and uh, we have that, and and John's got got uh, an area to you know play out at his place, and okay. and so it just depends on whose house we want to go to, and and uh, and who we can get to come over and and have a few beers and have some fun. Right, all right, sounds like a really great great time. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming into the studio. I'm uh, would like to ask you back again, delve deeper in, into the mind of Mark Houston.
Okay. And uh, so we'll, uh, we'll be doing that. Awesome. Um, again. Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Anika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put Fika in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>